why don't you just lift your hands and tell him that right God, we just want to be with you. We want you to draw us closer to you. Hallelujah. Everything that we say and do, we want to be pleasing to you, God. Hallelujah. We want more of you in our lives, more of you in our homes, more of you in our city, more of you in our country, God. Hallelujah. We want you, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Just draw your attention to the screen. Amen. Well, good morning, almost afternoon. Amen to all of you. My name is A.J. Dummett. I'm the senior pastor here at the Crossroads. And uh, I want to just welcome all of you today, and especially all of our guests. We want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're with us today. Amen. Amen. And I do want to give you an opportunity. There's going to be several scriptures today. And for those of you who know I like to use a lot of scripture, uh, there, there will be several scriptures. So if you would like to get the e-bulletin and you have not yet, uh, you can take just a second and you can text HI to 502-482-2695. And uh, that's the number up on the screen. And that will be sent to you automatically. And uh, if you can just click the link and you can open it up. If you have our church app, you can open the church app and click on the e-bulletin uh, little link there. Or if you are a version Bible reader, you can find us in events today. But I want to just take uh, just a moment and I would like to welcome everyone who's watching us online today. I am fully aware that there are a lot of people who will check us out on live stream uh, or, or online, one of our archives, before you come to the service. So thank you for joining us today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you very soon, and we are excited about you being with us. Amen. I do want to just take just a moment, because today is Easter Sunday, and most of you know that. We call it Resurrection Sunday. Uh, Easter is the time we remember when Jesus uh, died, and most churches, most religious places uh, will recall or recount the fact that Jesus was crucified and that he was buried in a tomb. Uh, but really what today is all about is, is even further than that. We celebrate the fact that he rose from the dead. And uh, so we call it Resurrection Day. We call it Resurrection Day. It's, it's Easter, but we call it Resurrection Day. Amen? So I know that it's April the 1st, and uh, it's April Fool's Day, and there are some people who believe that it's foolish to be a Christian and believe in Jesus, and that he rose from the dead. And I even believe that probably a few of you are here today. Oh, surely not, Pastor. Only the people who really love Jesus and are saved to the core come to church on Easter. No, unfortunately, there are those among us today, you probably don't even believe what I'm about to say. So I'm going to try to come at you not just with scripture, but with reason. Uh, that's the whole purpose why we just saw that video. As long as Jesus was just a man that lived and died, and we have some good stories about him, then this is a really sad day. If he just lived and died, uh, let's, let's be honest. As one man put it, if Jesus never rose from the dead, then Christianity is all a cruel hoax. And we're a bunch of mindless followers. But I'm glad that it's not. I'm glad that he rose from the dead. Amen. As the video that we just watched states, number one, there is no dispute that Jesus was dead after the crucifixion. 
Even the Journal of American Medical Association found Jesus was dead before being stabbed in the side with a sword while still hanging on the cross. That has been, that's fact, that has been uh, stated. Number two, early reports of the resurrection came so closely after his death that they have to be taken seriously. Even if you don't believe in the Bible, folks. Even if you're not a, a, a Bible thumper, okay? The facts are out there. The facts remain. The third one is the empty tomb. Even opponents of Jesus admit that the tomb where his body was placed after the crucifixion was empty when they inspected it. That's historical record. That's not just Bible. And the fourth one is that nine ancient sources inside and outside of the New Testament confirm and collaborate that the disciples encountered the risen Jesus. Strobel, he said that that is an avalanche of historical data. So even if you're not a Bible thumper, there's a lot of historical data out there to prove that Jesus rose from the grave. In addition, Strobel, saying, uh, he, he, he cites that seven ancient sources confirm that the disciples uh, of Jesus led lives of deprivation and suffering as a result of their testimony that they had seen Jesus after the crucifixion. Strobel concludes that the only reason that they would en endure such difficult circumstances is because they saw a risen Jesus. It's like once you've experienced something, somebody can't talk you out of it. Once you've seen it for yourself, somebody can't tell you, well, that never happened because it did happen and you saw it and you were part of it. That's the only reason the disciples would have endured what they endured. And so Strobel says after his two-year investigation, it led him to the conclusion, Jesus is who he claimed to be God in the flesh. And he backed up his outrageous claim because he did rise from the grave. So that brings me to our scripture today. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 is where we're going to read. If you would like to, you can stand with me. I'm going to read a few scriptures, but I will try not to keep you standing much longer. But we stand just to honor the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 in the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, it says, but God proves his love. Somebody say he proves his love. He proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You want the proof of his love? While you were still a sinner, he died for you. Amen. That fact is indisputable. You, you can go back, every believer, non-believer, atheist, it doesn't matter who they are, they will tell you Jesus died. That's it. So the scripture says that's the proof that he loves you. Now, I've got even better news, though. He didn't stay dead. That's why we're here today. Amen? Matthew chapter 28, and let's read a few more. Matthew 28, verse 11 in the NASB, it says, Now, while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together... Uh, they, uh, they consulted together. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. One last scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 and verses 3 through 7 in the New King James Version says, For I delivered to you, Paul speaking, 
first of all that which I receive, also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, and then the twelve, by the twelve, and that He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that He was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you for your word. And thank you for the historical data that proves that you were alive, that you died. And God, that you are not in the tomb anymore. And God, we give you the glory and praise for it today. We want you to, to move into this place and reassure each and every person in this place today that you are alive. And because you are alive, that changes everything. And God, we give you the glory and praise for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jesus is alive. Amen. If he wasn't alive, this would be kind of pointless today. But Jesus is alive, and because he's alive, that changes everything. Because Jesus is alive, the sting of death is gone. Amen. The sting of death is gone. Amen. The great message of the resurrection is that when life comes to an end, it is in reality the very beginning of life. The start of something so great that we can't possibly wrap our minds around it. Despite even our calamity, the, 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 the wars rage and tempers flare and people hurt us and we are often in pain. There is hope and there is peace. Amen. It is a peace that faith in Jesus Christ can give us. Amen. That's the only hope that we have is that we have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. It takes away the sting of death. And because Jesus is alive, hell is defeated. Amen. Hell. Somebody say, hell is defeated. Amen. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but some people refer to what they're going through as I'm going through. Well. Because Jesus is alive, hell is defeated. Amen. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today. Hell is defeated. Jesus is on the throne. Amen. There's nobody bigger than our God. Amen. And because Jesus is alive, this is the, the really good news that I have for you today. There is hope for us. Somebody say there's hope. There's hope for us to live also. There's hope for us. There's hope. Somebody say it. There's hope. Amen. We, all, we act like we're hopeless sometimes. But there's hope for you. Amen. There is hope for the unemployed parent struggling to keep her sons and daughters fed and clothed. There's hope for the lonely teenager who's bullied at school and tempted with self-loathing. There's hope for the addict who struggles to find a way out. Come on, somebody. There's hope for the family left hopeless and homeless by a disastrous earthquake. There's hope for the child who's lost his parents. There's hope for the wife who's lost her husband. There's hope for the depressed who feel that life is completely worthless. Jesus is alive, and that gives us hope today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive and He loves each and every one of us unconditionally with a love that never falters. That's why we have hope. Because we're not alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have trouble believing, I, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. Some people say, well, 
Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what I'm going through. I'm dealing with all this, all these issues, all these problems that I've got. And, and nobody could understand what I'm... If you're having trouble believing today that Jesus is alive, you're not alone. You're not. Let me briefly read through the end of Mark's Gospel. Everybody understands Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those first four books of the New Testament, those are Gospels. They tell about Jesus' life, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, okay? But let me just kind of go to Mark's Gospel. I want to share with you, we read a little bit out of Matthew, but let, let me read what goes on in Mark's Gospel, okay? Verse 9 of chapter 16 in the book of Mark, New King James. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. I, I, I want to just read over that because some of you are like, you don't understand. I am possessed with a devil or something's going on in my house. or so. That's all right. He casts demons out. He still has power to cast. In fact, he gives us power to cast. Well, she went. Now, look, in those days, if you were a woman and you had, you, you had an account to give, I'm not being rude, but they were not real kind to women in this first century here. Like, it, really, your, your account didn't really matter if you were a woman. So, he appears to Mary Magdalene, which is kind of ironic, okay? And then she went and told those who had been with them as they were mourning and weeping. Now, he had already promised his disciples, they destroyed this temple three days, I'm going to raise it up. But they were still mourning and weeping, and it was the third day. Amen. And so, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, guess what? What does it say? They believe not. They did not believe. They didn't believe it. Somebody told them, they didn't believe it. Somebody who had just seen him, they didn't believe it. So then after that, verse 12, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And when they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Isn't this funny? Like the people that were closest to Jesus had seen him do miracles, seen Lazarus raised from the dead. And they didn't believe. So if you're having trouble believing today, you're not in bad company. Nobody's shaming you. Look at verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will, yes, cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink, anything deadly. Now, this doesn't mean we should go out and handle snakes. We are the snake-free Pentecostal apostolic church. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That doesn't mean we go out and get snakes and see if we can, you know, avoid being bit. That is not what that means. That means if you do something and, and there's some danger in it, amen, he's going to protect you. That's what it means. Amen. And so it says, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the power that he gives to the church. 
So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. After they had seen him, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Now there's a lot of people that believe, and I, I don't know that I believe it, but there's a lot of people that they stop Mark's gospel at the end of the, the, the ladies leaving the tomb. Running, kind of running away in fear. Wouldn't that be sad if that's where the story stopped? Amen. The story doesn't stop there. The story, amen, picks up with Jesus meeting with the disciples, showing himself to them, doubting Thomas, saying, I won't believe unless I see the nail prints in his hand and I, and I stick my hand on the, the, the wound in his side. I won't believe unless that happens. And Jesus shows up and he says, here I am, Thomas, go ahead. Amen. And he says, oh, my Lord and my God. Amen. He, he understands now that there's more to it than he could have even imagined. But the scripture lets us know that that is not how the gospel ends. That is not how the story ends. Amen. If you stop it before you get to this place of Jesus commissioning the disciples and, and giving them power. Amen. And in doing them with this promise of the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. Then you miss out on the greatest part of the fact that Jesus is alive today. Amen. The resurrection is the defining moment of history. The world has never been the same since and millions upon millions of lives have changed because of the fact of the resurrection. The way Mark's book finishes and encourages us all the more to explore the true impact of the resurrection on our own personal lives. To consider not just the faith of the early church that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead, but to look at our own faith. I want you just right now, I want you just to, to, to kind of think here with me. I'm not asking for a rush of emotion. As Mr. Strobel explained, I, I'm not looking for a rush of emotion to take place in this place right now. I'm looking for a rush of reason. If you really can prove that Jesus is not alive, go for it. If you can prove that he is not alive and, and working in the world today, then I, I just encourage you, go for it. Don't, don't do it with your words. Do it with your research. Amen. Research the facts. For two years, this editor of the Chicago Tribune, Lee Strobel, if you haven't read the book, I encourage you to read the book. It's a powerful, powerful understanding. He goes through and he's trying to figure out, he's trying to disprove it. His wife became a Jesus freak and he didn't like it. Amen. And so he's trying to disprove this Jesus that, you know, where, how do I disprove the whole thing of Christianity? And somebody told him, you need to disprove the resurrection because if, if there's no resurrection, he's just like Buddha and Muhammad and everybody else. And so for two years he tries to disprove it and he can't disprove it. And finally he comes to the, the, the reasoning that, hey, there, there's no factual data to prove that Jesus is not alive. Therefore, if we know that he was dead, he was buried, and they can't find him, he must be alive. Well, so what are you going to do today? You have to examine your own faith. What do you believe? I mean, it's fine for you to come to church. You know, uh, when I was young, I came to church, you know, and I kind of I did what they told me to. I believe what they told me to. And then there came a day in my life where I had to figure out what I believed for myself. I couldn't live on mom and dad's beliefs anymore. I couldn't live on my church's convictions or beliefs anymore. I had to come to the place where I knew what I believed. 
So today what I'm asking you to do is look to your own faith. Just take a look. It's like there's a blank at the end of the story. Mark's Gospel. We're invited to fill in ourselves, to cast aside our fears, to look beyond the seeming hopelessness and to allow the life and hope that is planted within us to blossom into the knowledge of our risen Savior. If we'll do that, what happens next is amazing because we begin to then seek out the task that Jesus has in store for us and every day beyond. If, if we'll just take a chance and we'll explore, do we believe it or not? Do we truly believe that Jesus is alive? And, and if we believe that he's alive, does he have all power even in my life? If you'll just examine that just for a moment today and without a rush of emotion and just, uh, you know, I, I feel like or I feel this or feel... No, I just want you to examine it and I want you to decide and determine what it is that you believe. Here's why I'm asking you to do this because if you believe that Jesus is alive and you invite his power into your life, there's no devil in hell that can come against you. Amen. If you believe that, if you know that Jesus is alive, amen. But if you haven't determined that in your own heart and decided that for yourself, amen, all the saints in the church can't convince you otherwise. you got to make up your own mind. The resurrection has radically changed the past. It has changed the present. And it is changing the future. And so it is when we begin to fill in the blank at the end of the gospel with our own story with our own lives, that we are able to see with complete certainty that the resurrection of Jesus Christ indeed changes everything. It doesn't just change my past, it changes my now. And it changes my tomorrow. Amen. Amen. I can't always see what's coming, but He knows what... Come on, somebody. He knows the way that I take. He understands my path. And because He's alive, that changes everything. Amen. If he wasn't alive, man, I'd look at this wood today and I'd be like, man, this is just, this is sad. This is really bad. We need wood to hold up our church. Amen. But I'm not sad today because like we just put on the, the board, it's only a test. Amen. We're going to get through that. Jesus is alive. Amen. Whether it's this building or another building, God's got it. He knows what's in store. Amen. There's nothing too hard for Him. So today I'm asking you to examine your own life and your own faith because Jesus is alive. It changes everything. Amen. Sometimes we say, well, that changes everything. Right? You find out some information. Once you, get, once you have that information, you, you can't look at things the same way. So here's the deal. I'm going to pose a little question, and, I, and I'm just, just throwing this out. If Jesus is not alive, and you start believing that he is, then you are going to look silly. So I don't want you to do that. I want you to look silly. But if Jesus is alive, and others have experienced him, and others have seen him, and others have, have, have lived to testify about that, their experiences. And there's even people that you know that are not crazy and out of their mind and lost their mind. I mean, some people are. But there are most people that have been with Jesus have not completely lost their mind. Okay? There's a few rotten tomatoes in the bunch. There's a few loopies. Okay, there are. 
I'll give you that. But most of the people that you sit by today have experienced Jesus. So here's what you have to decide. Is it possible with all the historical data that has been compiled? Is it possible with all of the study that has been done and the fact that they still to this day cannot find his dead body? Is it possible? If it is, then guess what? If you choose to believe that and you choose to accept that and you choose to invite that into your life, you can experience his love. You can experience his power, his forgiveness, and you can even receive his spirit. It's really simple. We, we talk about the gospel all the time. Do you know what the gospel is? Anybody? I'm going to step up. I'm going to step up to tell you this. This is the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you know how we embrace the gospel? This is how we embrace the gospel. We do it through repentance. That's dying out to our flesh. Dying out to what we want, our selfish ambitions, our pride, our jealousies, our envies, all that stuff. We just lay it down. God, not what I want, but what you want. That's repentance. I'm not going to keep going my way and doing my own thing. I want whatever you want for my life. That's repentance. Okay? Repentance is just a little military term. It means to do an about face. That's what you're doing. When you come to Jesus, it's like about face. I'm just going to go your direction. Whatever you want. Repentance. Amen? That's the death. The burial is when you are buried with Him in baptism. The scripture says that we are buried with Him by our baptism into His death. So when you go down like Tom and Sheila did and Giovanni and uh, uh, Stephanie, last week we had four people that went down in the burial. Amen. They were buried in the water in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's a powerful thing. Why? Because guess what? The, the, the blood of Jesus washed all their sins away. So if you've never experienced that, if you were baptized, and when you were baptized, they said in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they, and they didn't say the, the name of Jesus, guess what? You need to go ahead and get it done in the name of Jesus. <laughs> There's a difference. Okay? Right? If I said, look, I'm going to sign this check. And on this check, I'm putting Father, Son, and Brother. This is, I'm, I'm buying this new car. Here you go, father, son, and brother. Do you think they would cash the check? They would not. You know why they wouldn't cash the check? There wasn't a name on it. When Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Ghost, He meant the name of Jesus. That's why the disciples, amen, in the early church always baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. Every time you look in the book of Acts, that's how they're baptized. There's no other way. So guess what? That's the burial. Repentance, the burial, or the, 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 the being buried with Him by baptism. That's the second. Guess what? Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with His Spirit. He promises it to us. Amen. If we'll repent of our sins, He will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You've got an opportunity today to experience repentance, water baptism, and the infilling of His Spirit in your life. Amen. And when you receive His Spirit, you'll know because you'll speak in a language that you never learn. Remember, He said, I'm going to give you power to speak in a new tongue. Some of you need a new tongue because your old tongue is foul. Well, well, I'm not being mean. My old tongue is foul. Amen. You say, well, oh, pastor, you're, you're holy and you're righteous and you probably never said a curse word. Oh, hush your mouth. 
Amen. I've got to be honest. There are times, I'm saved, but there are times when I hear one come up in my head. I'm like, no, don't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Y'all are, are saved. You never even get those words in your head, right? That's why you need, amen, the power of the Holy Ghost inside you to help you speak in a new tongue. <laughs> amen. Amen. On the day of Jesus' resurrection, we read in John chapter 20 and verse 12 that Mary Magdalene saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. So their sitting positions indicate to us that the area between them contains the evidence to prove that Jesus Christ has resurrected. Now stay with me because I'm closing. Here's the deal. In the spot between the two angels, one was sitting at the head, the other one at the feet, in between them there was evidence to prove that there was no body there. There was no body there. Do you see what I just did there? No. Okay. Homesiki! There's nobody here. Some of you are going to go out, you're not going to remember anything else but nobody. So they come and the only thing that they can find is what is made very popular now called the shroud. Anybody ever heard of the shroud of Turin? Anybody ever heard of that? Okay, so the shroud is laying there and then the, the scripture talks about something else that was laying there. And, and in, I, I'm not going to give you the Greek, okay? It's just, it's kind of a funny word, but it basically means handkerchief. Okay, so there was a, a handkerchief and the shroud there. So Peter and John saw the grave clothes before Mary Magdalene. John 24, uh, verse 4 says, So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter. That's John's way of saying, I beat him to the tomb. Come on, somebody. I came to the tomb first, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and saw the linen cloths lying there, and, somebody say the handkerchief, the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb went in, and he saw it and believed. John was the first to reach the sepulcher. He stopped and he looked in and he saw the linen clothes. But what made him stop short of going into the sepulcher for a closer look? Why didn't he go all the way in? I believe John was momentarily shaken by what he saw. He probably could not believe his own eyes. But then Peter arrived and entered into the sepulcher where they saw the linen clothes, the shroud that was laying, and also they saw a handkerchief. And the scripture even goes to the detail of saying that it was probably uh, for Jesus' head, the, the, the handkerchief that would have been wrapped around his head. Now, now I don't, I'm not going to make up stories and try to get you all. I just want you to focus on one little detail. I want you to see that the, the, the handkerchief was by itself. It was not with the shroud. And the handkerchief was folded. It was neatly folded. The grave clothes were still both, they were in a wrapped state. That's what caught the eye of the Apostle John. Went into the sepulcher right after Peter, and once again he saw, and he then believed. John had witnessed the evidence that Jesus had resurrected. His body was not stolen by friends or foes, because had Jesus' body been stolen, the thieves would have not had time to unwrap him. 
The clothes wouldn't be there. The evidence of, the, uh, of, of this uh, was that the, not just the unwrapped grave clothes, but the shroud or the, 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 the sudarium, the handkerchief, prove that Jesus was there, but he rose up from his sleeping position right through the wrappings and then he passed through the wall of the sepulcher amen in his resurrection and his resurrected glorified body and he wasn't like Lazarus because Lazarus had to be loosed from his wrappings after he was raised from the dead John 11:44 and I'm I'm I'm, I'm I promise I'm closing I know it doesn't seem like it but today, this is what we understand that there's all kinds of evidence, there's all kinds of proof. But here's the deal. If Jesus did not rise from the dead and somebody stole his body, why did they take the time to fold the, the handkerchief? Why did they take the time to fold the handkerchief and where were his clothes? Well, now you're thinking, aren't you? So this is what we're going to do today as we close. Today, we want to invite you to come see the place where the Lord lay. Oh, I don't know if I believe that, Pastor. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I know it's not right. I, I, we all say, don't fleece God. And, you know, you should just trust in His love and trust in His power. And I, I'm in agreement with that. But some of you, you need proof. Okay, I get it. John needed proof. Peter needed proof right? But you know what they got when they came to get their proof? They got a folded handkerchief. So today this is what we're going to do. Some of you have been struggling with belief and doubt and fear and all kinds of mess in your life. You've got things that you need to happen in your life. And if something would happen, like here's the deal. If I were to say, what miracle could Jesus show you in your life? What miracle would it be that would prove to you that number one, he's alive. And number two, that he loves you more than you can imagine. What miracle do you need to happen in your life today? These handkerchiefs that are laying up here, they've been prayed over. We, I'm telling you, the, the power of God moved in on several occasions while we were praying over these handkerchiefs. Because this is what I believe. I believe God wants to prove to you he is alive. Jesus told his disciples, he said... You know, it's, you're great because you've seen and you've believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to twist your arm. If you don't come up here and take a handkerchief for your life and your family, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm still going to love you. You're still welcome at this church. You can say, man, that pastor, he's loopy. He's lost his mind. That's fine. It's no problem. Say whatever you want to say about me. Just keep it off of Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. The truth is, I want to give you an opportunity to have God work in your life. So this is how we're going to end this service. We're going to, that, that song that we were singing just a little bit ago, King of Glory, we're going to sing that again. And as we sing that, this is what I want you to do. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need God to do something in your life and show you something in your life, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to come see the place where the Lord laid. There's nothing but a folded, neat handkerchief. Nothing. The shroud, I know people make a big deal of the shroud, but I personally think it's so cool 
that there was a neat folded handkerchief. That fact has stayed with me for, since I was a teenager. I discovered that as a teenager. There was a neat folded handkerchief and it always stuck out to me. I thought, well, if you were just, if the body was just being stolen, there would be no need to fold the handkerchief. Just throw it and go. But that's not what happened. Or take it with you. But it was still there. And guess what? If you go to the tomb today, it's not there. If you go look in his tomb, there's no... If you say, where's Joseph Arimathea's tomb? And you find that tomb and you go in there and you walk in there. You can walk in and there's no Jesus body there. There's no bones there. Why? Because he's the only one to ever say, destroy this temple and in three days I'll rise it up. I'll raise it back up. I, I have all power in heaven and earth. It's been given to me. Amen. And here's the deal. He's got all power in your life today. But you have to invite him in. So would you stand with me all over this place? It's not, really doesn't matter what I believe. Really doesn't matter what this church believes. There's churches all over the U.S. today, Canada, around the world, preaching and teaching wonderful things. None of that really matters. You can go on TV, you can go on different podcasts and apps, and you can watch all kinds of things, and, and they'll enrich you and make you feel good. They, may, they, they really honestly, they, they may kind of keep you going for a week or two, maybe a month or two, maybe a couple years, but you have to settle this. Is Jesus alive? If you really settle this, that Jesus is alive, and how that changes everything in your life, then this is, this is a, a, the first day of the rest of your life. It's going to be a good day for you. You say, well, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I... Okay. This church has given you an opportunity. We have prayed. We have fasted. Amen. We have anointed these prayer cloths. And this is what's going to happen. These handkerchiefs today, this is your proof. You have trouble believing it? That's fine. Just come on. Get your proof. Take it home with you. Put it somewhere. Put it on your, your end stand. Put it on your coffee table. Put it by your, you know, by your refrigerator. Whatever it is. Wherever it is that you need it to remind you. And then this is what I'm believing today. Those of you that need a miracle in your life. This right here. It's not, not, because, the hand, not because it's a handkerchief or we prayed over it. But God wants to prove himself. So you're coming and taking it as saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. If God could do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? What would it be? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to open up this altar. I, you don't have to stay. If you just want to come and take it and go back to your seat, that's fine. But I want to open up this altar to those of you that you need a miracle in your life. You need healing. You need a financial miracle. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe your kids are, are, are telling you they hate you and they want to run away and, and they're doing things that you know are going to get them in trouble and you know be a heartache for them down the road. I don't know what your miracle is that you need today. Maybe it's somebody that's on their deathbed today or somebody that's dealing with some, uh, some, some strong issues of addiction or, or, or dealing with some alcohol problems. I want you just to come today and I want you to take this handkerchief. Amen. And we're going to pray today. And as we pray, I want you to take this handkerchief and I want you just to know that God is working on your behalf. Jesus is alive and it changes everything. Amen. As they sing this song, I want you just to come. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait for somebody else. Just come on. Come get your handkerchief. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. I just want to be with you. 
here today. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Come on, just tell him right now. Whatever miracle you need, whatever it is today. to pray with you today. You need a miracle. I want you just to step out into the aisle. You don't have to come all the way down here, but just step out into the aisle and somebody close will turn and they'll pray with you right now. Hallelujah. step out into the aisle or come down here raise up your hands somebody will come and talk to you and ask you what they can pray with you about hallelujah He wants to prove himself to you today. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive. That changes everything. Hallelujah. I don't have to live without hope anymore. I don't have to live without peace anymore. Hallelujah. He's alive in my life. Thank you, Jesus. All powers against heaven and earth. All powers that are trying to rise up against me. Hallelujah. They have to bow down to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Just want to be with you. Hallelujah. Yes, the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? We can praise you now in victory. We 
tell him what you need today. Just wanna be with you. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. Just wanna be with you. Sing King of Glory. King of Glory. Come on, just open yourself up to Him right now. Say, God, I'm giving you a chance, Lord. I want you to do this in my situation. Hallelujah. Open my eyes and my heart up to see what you're doing, God. Hallelujah. I thank you for your presence that I feel right now, God, in this place. I thank you, Lord, for the hope that's been breathed into my spirit today. Hallelujah. I just want to be with you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody's life is changing right now. Their life is changing right now because Jesus is alive. I just want to be with you. Oh, I just want to be with you. Sing it one more time. Sing King of Glory. King of Glory. Fill this place. We just want to be with you. Oh, we just want to be with you. King of Glory. King of Glory. Just wanna be with you. Just wanna be with you. Amen. There is nothing that is too hard for God. If you'll just give him a chance, he will show you how much he loves you. If you'll just give him a chance, he'll prove to you that he is alive. He is doing great things. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for what God's doing in our lives, what God's doing in this church, in this community. Amen. You may be seated. So thankful to have you with us today. Our kids and our creative ministry did such a great job, and we're thankful for them today. Amen. We're blessed to have them. If you enjoyed what you saw from them today, uh, our kids and our uh, kids creative ministry and our adult creative ministry, they're both going to be uh, doing several songs next Sunday. We're having a special day, and uh, we want you to come. It's really all about them next Sunday. Uh, they're going to be ministering to you through creative uh, means, and we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, please, you will not want to miss it. And then the following Sunday, we're going to have a big mission Sunday, and we're excited about that. Uh, we have some special things planned. But on your connection card and also on the bulletin that you were handed as you were seated, there's a connection card. And I would like for you to take just a moment, look at the back.
uh, or finish sending it from your phone. You'll see some next steps that you can take following our message today. And if you would like to uh, read the Bible with us, you can do that through uh, Uversion. Uh, that is, we all have a, a plan that we read. We're reading through the New Testament together right now. And uh, if you would like more information on that or on our service teams or growth groups, uh, baptism, membership, just check the boxes and let us know. And we'll be sure to get that information to you. If you need prayer in a specific way and we can pray with you uh, for a miracle or for uh, something that you need, please place that in the space provided in that box that is provided for you. And we will pray for those requests. We pray for those every week. Our prayer team does. And if today, if you're a first-time guest, we have a gift for you. We would like to just say hello to you and thank you for coming. Uh, my wife and I would like to meet with you. And uh, it will not take you long. We won't hold you. Uh, but we do want to give you a chance to just meet us, get your gift, and we want to thank you for coming. We'll get you on your way. As well, if you are here today and you want to get your picture taken with your family, um, we can do some small groups. We can't do huge groups. We can do some small groups. But there will be, you see over here, the backdrop that's set up. The lights will be turned on. Uh, the camera, the photographer will be ready. 